be funny. Welcome to the Mindset Art Podcast. I'm your host and mindset coach, CJ Leedy, and according to the oldest poem in Zen Buddhism, if you want to get the plain truth, be not concerned with right and wrong. The conflict between right and wrong is the sickness of the mind, end quote. So what does that mean to not be concerned with right and wrong? And how does that impact our productivity and quality of life? So I'm heading to Ireland tomorrow, and so I was doing a little homework on the culture. And imagine for a moment that somebody looks at you and sticks up the peace sign, you know, where you stick up two fingers, your pointer and your middle finger, and you face it towards somebody. Peace, peace and love, right? I come in peace. How does that make you feel? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Is it a symbol of endearment and welcoming or neglect and disapproval? Well, if you're in the United States, it's socially accepted as a good thing. But it turns out in Ireland, this symbol is equivalent to giving somebody the middle finger. Gotta remember the right symbol when the road rage kicks in out there. So it turns out in the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, an outward-facing V sign is an obscene gesture that basically means F-U. So something that is considered bad in one culture is good in another. So is the action itself good or bad? So I got interested and did a little bit of extra homework, and I ran in neighboring countries like Afghanistan. The thumbs-up symbol is actually equivalent to the middle finger. And in the United States, patting somebody's head, especially like a baby or a little kid, can be sweet, loving, and affectionate gesture. But in Thailand, and I know this from traveling there, it can be a serious offense. The head is considered the most sacred part of the body. You do not touch someone else's head. In Italy, maybe you've seen this one, flicking your hand outward, palm up, and brushing your chin with your fingertips as you do it. It's considered an aggressive, you know, another one of those FUs. But in American Sign Language, a very similar gesture means thank you. So again, is any one of these actions inherently good or bad? From an outsider's unbiased objective position, no. It's all things that we're just doing with our hands. Ultimately, it is the labels and the repetition given by the evolution of culture which says, well, that's a good thing or a bad thing. But sometimes we get so stuck in our singular view of reality that we begin to judge things around us as good or bad. And the reality is, everybody has a different upbringing, different associations, and some of the things that you think are good or you think are bad are different and unique from every other person on the planet. So a reasonable response to all this would be to say, well, it's based on context. It's based on intention of the doer. But if you take it even a level deeper, is even that context and that intention a creation of humankind? Is it still a label that we are assigning versus a true law of nature? Could it be that everything just is, that things are not necessarily good or bad, they just are? Well, it begs the question, are there legitimate physical laws of good and evil, or are they just labels created by humanity? Unfortunately, I think that's an answer that's beyond a provable position at this point in what we know about the universe. But in Zen Buddhism, they take the position that we should step away from our labels as things being inherently good or bad. And that principle is used as a way to increase your fulfillment and peace of mind. So therefore, your ability to slowly move away from these snap judgments of the world, of other people, and also of yourself can help you fit much more comfortably and naturally into the world and into your own life. Makes your existence much more comfortable and enjoyable. Imagine this for a moment. You're an alien coming to planet Earth just to see what the hell is going on down here. You think about the world from a 30,000 foot airplane view and you imagine everything that's just going on. If you witness the actions of people, it'd be difficult to tell what is good and bad because you have no context. It's all just things happening. It's not until you go out and label those things, those actions, 
that they start to take on meaning. And according to Zen Buddhism, the more we can desensitize ourselves from this harsh concept of judgment, seeing things as good and bad, and the more we can see things as just being what they are, the more peace of mind we can find. So it wasn't really until I started traveling a lot more and taking a closer look at different cultures that this concept really became clear to me. And I started to do a lot of my travel during a time where I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And I was feeling a lot of those social pressures to live my life a certain way and to conform to what you're supposed to do, in air quotes. And the more different cultures that I saw and these different ways of life and people who have different gestures for different things and people who are completely happy doing things that are completely contrary to the systems that I grew up in, people who were raised in different religious structures that have been presented to me as maybe sinners in the past in my Catholic school upbringing and realizing that they were not any better or worse than anything I saw coming out of the systems that I was brought up in. And they were fully committed into their belief systems that they were brought up into. And it was this moment of like, oh, wait, it's just all this preaching. It's that we're all receiving different angles of information. It's all these constructs that someone else came up with years and years and years ago that said, this is the way it is. And then when you're young and you're placed into that environment, you come up thinking that that's the way the world is. That's what you're told. That's what you're taught. We're programmable systems. Our brains believe the things that we're told. So for me, it wasn't until I was exposed to enough different forms of life that I actually recognized that not one is actually right. So therefore, it starts to blend the line of what is good, what is bad, what is true, what is false. Because they're just all these different systems. And the more stuck you are in one specific system and can't see outside of it, it starts to really take away your own authenticity. You start to believe, or at least I did, that the world is the way it is. You know, it's black and it's white. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Now go and live your life accordingly. But then you see other cultures that have the same type of people, but with completely different rules. You realize that everybody's just out here trying to survive and live a great life. That actually you don't have to just take exactly what's given to you. And you can come up with your own system for what you believe. So for me, once I really saw that, it rearranged how I looked at everything. I felt like what was acceptable for my life shifted, how I wanted to live it. Because then I was like, well, actually, it can be whatever I want it to be. There is no true expectation that is consistent across the board that says who I need to be. I can take a second, reflect on the things that I truly believe in based on my own reasons. And that all freed me up in a huge way to really just make decisions that were best for me and how I wanted to go about living my life without that existential burden of like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Is there a right path that I'm supposed to be taking? That all just kind of melted away because there is no right or wrong when it comes to living your life. So I've thought about that a lot for years. And recently, I've been reading this incredible book that I highly suggest if you're interested in Zen Buddhism concepts. That's why I've been talking a little bit more about this stuff lately. This one is called The Way of Zen by Alan Watts, who's also one of my favorite speakers, theologians, self-help gurus, wisdom speakers, whatever you want to call these guys. And never before have I circled more sentences and paragraphs on almost every single page, taking notes in the margins. Like, I don't typically do that. But as soon as I started reading this book, I was like, holy shit, I need to digest every single word in this book. Anyways, I'll put an Amazon link in the show notes here. But in part two, Alan Watts references the opening words of the oldest Zen poem, which I introduced to you in the beginning of this podcast, which says, this is a little bit of the longer version, it says, the perfect way is without difficulty, that it avoids picking and choosing. Only when you stop liking and disliking will all be clearly understood. A split hair's difference, and heaven and earth are set apart. If you want to get the plain truth, be not concerned with right and wrong. The conflict between right and wrong is the sickness of the mind. Then Alan Watts goes on to make a comment about that poem, saying, The point is not to make an effort to silence the feelings and cultivate bland indifference. It is to see through the universal illusion 
that what is pleasant or good may be rested from what is painful or evil. And then he goes on to provide the first principle in Taoism, which says, when everyone recognizes beauty as beautiful, then there is already ugliness. When everybody recognizes goodness as good, there is already evil. To be and not to be arise mutually. Difficult and easy are mutually realized. Long and short are mutually contrasted. High and low are mutually positioned. Before and after are in mutual sequence. So then Al Watts goes on and writes, The very notion of this only alternative shows how firmly the mind is bound in dualistic pattern, how hard it is to think in any other terms than good or bad, or a muddy mixture of the two. But Zen is a liberation from this pattern, and its apparently dismal starting point is to understand the absurdity of choosing, of the whole feeling that life may be significantly improved by a constant selection of the good. And sorry to keep reading here, but this shit is gold. Goes on to continue saying, One must start by getting the feeling of relativity, and by knowing that life is not a situation from which there is anything to be grasped or gained, as if it were something which one approaches from the outside, like a pie or a barrel of beer. To succeed is always to fail, in the sense that the more one succeeds in anything, the greater is the need to go on succeeding. And I really love this line. It says, To eat is to survive to be hungry. Because the sensation of comfort can be maintained only in relation to the sensation of discomfort, just as an image is visible to the eye only by reason of a contrasting background. The good and the evil, the pleasant and the painful, are so inseparable, so identical in their difference, like the two sides of a coin, that fair is foul, and foul is fair. To receive trouble is to receive good fortune. To receive agreement is to receive opposition. End quote. I think it's powerful stuff. There's a lot to unpack there. But here are five ways that shifting your vision of this good and bad concept that were so firmly ingrained into most of our cultures can really help to relieve forms of pressure in your life. Number one, it removes judgment. Of course, you stopping to judge things keeps you from judging yourself, keeps you from judging others, gives your life and your actions some breathing room and breathing room for those people in your life. You know, is there anybody that you feel like you're a little bit hard on where, you know, you're like, maybe I'm just judging this person a little bit. Maybe I'm just coming in with my own expectations of what is good, what is bad, what things should be done or shouldn't be done. And maybe if I just took a step back a little bit, gave a little bit of space and recognized that maybe I'm coming in with my own preconceived notions of what is right and wrong for them and for their life and just let them be. Is there a possibility that that might improve the relationship or at least relieve some of the tension that you're feeling? Number two, getting away from this idea of good and bad can bring about much more self-love. This concept is really the ultimate forgiveness tool. Now, is there something in the past that you've been beating yourself up about what happened? And maybe you're using a little too much of the constructed system of judgment being applied to your actions. Maybe you need to go easy on yourself. Maybe you need to realize you need to take a step back, see it from the alien perspective, the 30,000-foot airplane perspective, and just realize that things just are don't put so much pressure on yourself. Is there any breathing room in there? Number three, this concept can really help you to lower anxiety. It removes a lot of the fear around what you're going to do. You know, if you're no longer strongly attached to the outcome of, hey, everything that I do is either good or bad. It's either the right action or the wrong action. If I'm not doing the right thing, then I'm doing the wrong thing. You know, if you just get away from that, now you have room for creativity. You give yourself room for messing up, for trying something new just to see what would happen. It removes a lot of that fear, a lot of that anxiety which comes from thinking that you're going to do something wrong. Just realizing that, hey, you know what? Just Things just are. I'm going to go do these things that I believe in. I'm not saying you go out and do bad stuff, 
I'm saying, hey, go out and give your best effort. Go out and do the things that you want to do and remove the judgment. Number four, improving performance. It's been proven that decreased stress and self-consciousness improves our performance at work, in sports, in school. Our mind is able to perform more complex tasks from a state of peace of mind and calm versus fear, judgment, self-consciousness. There have been plenty of studies showing that, essentially because as you go into stress, you're going to this fight-or-flight state, where the resources of your body are no longer being directed to your mind. They're being directed to your heart and to your extremities so that you can either run or fight, not to think and act rationally. And then finally, we get on to number five. The next reason for getting away from such a strict diet of this thing is good or this thing is bad, stepping away from the judgment, number five, is it relieves existential anxiety. You know, we get so caught up in this idea of am I a good person or am I a bad person? Is there something wrong with me? And the answer is no, we're all just people. Like I said before, this isn't permission to go out and do something crazy and harm people without feeling any remorse. But it is permission to build your own code, build your own sense of ethics about what is best for you in your life and your circumstances based on the things that you know, the things that you've felt and experienced. And to not judge yourself based on the expectations of society to choose your own code. So those are the five. One, it removes judgment. Two, it can bring about much more self-love. Three, it lowers anxiety. Four, improves performance. And number five, relieves existential anxieties. So for our tool of the day, does it feel like you are quick to judge things as good and bad? When you see others doing things, you find yourself saying, you know what, that's a good person or that's a bad person. Or do you ever look at yourself in that way? The next time you feel yourself in that position, take that opportunity to think about it from a different angle. Take a step back. Say, is this based in a societal construct that was handed to me? A label placed on people before me that was gifted to me and now I am gifting it on to someone else? Or is it something that you took the time to actually analyze and say, you know what, is this an idea that I've decided upon based on what I know? Take a moment to really ask yourself that question. If you've spent the time to create your own system, which says, you know what, I believe in this or I don't believe in that. So was this a good podcast or a bad one? I'll let you be the judge of that. But hey, it would mean the world to me if you want to leave a rating review or share this with somebody that you thought might find value. More than anything, I always appreciate you being here. For more info on coaching, the book launch, and other mindset motivation, head over to cjleader.com. This is the Mindset is our podcast. And thanks for going to MI with me today. Thank you.